Hello, our lovely Girl Awakening listeners. Welcome to 2023. I'm Jo Hendy from the Sacred Sister Project. I'm Amanda Parker of Mayala Organics. Come with us as we journey into this week's Awakening episode. I talk to a spirit. She comes in my dreams. She teaches me lessons. Good morning. Here we are. Yes. We're in July, so we're kind of full moon. Uh, Full moon. Beautiful energy and a wonderful guest. Yes. Yay. We've had a week full of water with all the rain here on the GT and it's cleansing. cleansing. The energy has been a bit of a reset, which is is a good feeling. And um, speaking of like cancer full moons, well, Sag moving into cancer full moon and that whole womb energy, Mm -hmm. we've got the most beautiful Beautiful. guest for you this week. Um, We're going to welcome Brioni Goodsell of the Sacred Feminine Collective. Brioni is a birth keeper and postpartum doula, yoga teacher, and mother of three blessed souls. Brioni holds space for women to reawaken their womb wisdom. I'll say that again, womb wisdom. Embrace their cycles and reclaim their power. Brioni lives on Darawal country. Thank you for joining us today, beautiful. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, yeah. <laughs> So excited, so excited because this is a beautiful area that we're going to talk about today and we know that mm. a majority of our listeners are women so um, it'll be just lovely to hear a little bit about your awakening but also what you do near the end if we get a chance to. That would be really lovely because I think it's a powerful time to talk about this area especially. And the men that are listening are all very beautiful, intuitive, um, divinely connected to their sacred feminine as well as we've been hearing yeah. from some of their comments so I think you know this is a very powerful space for everybody to be able to connect into at this time when the earth is going through so much transition mm. Mm. absolutely, absolutely. Mm. let's yeah. dive in let's Ooh. dive in <laughs> so Brony, what was your life like before your awakening or before you started to wake up yeah so very different um <laughs> I almost feel like as a very young child, I had kind of a real awareness or or an awakened state. And then slowly as life progresses on, it sort of, you know, got squashed down or or really sort of disappeared over time. But um, I guess I was living a life uh, that was very much not aligned with with what I really wanted to be living inside. Um, Mm -hmm. It was more probably, I think, structured initially by you know shaped by my upbringing by my parents by more so their influence I suppose and and what they thought was a good idea for for me to be doing with my life um this is sort of you know late teens early 20s career-wise and that sort of thing um yeah so I always felt a little bit different to to the household that I grew up in I felt a little bit like the black sheep um but (laughs) which I'm sure many people can relate to yeah yeah um, I do feel like around probably around 15 or or so I sort of had a bit of a rebellious streak happening but then you know sort of got squashed down and and I kind of went on and ended up working in the corporate world just doing sort of PA admin work and I hadn't really known what I wanted to do so I sort of just slipped into that with some guidance um, you know by my parents as to you know that's a nice sturdy steady job you can do and um, so I ended up working in that world for quite a a few years and really hated it but um, you know it's just what I was doing so yeah that's the initial kind of start of of my life I guess was knowing I wasn't really aligned but I was kind of just doing what I I thought was you know what you do you know just to to make ends meet and yeah so just hearing that it sounds like and this is funny because uh, Russell Brand was just talking about this the other day um a very kind of normal life 
um, if you if the normal person was looking in, but for you, mm. not so normal. Yeah. Because I mean, we we can all think that we're leading a normal life, but whatever's going on inside and whatever experiences we're having are, are what's um, you know being created, kind of thing. Mm. So, what was um, for your teenage years? Were you just at school, just doing the normal things? Yeah, doing normal things, you know, taking subjects for the HSC that yeah. I, I was guided to do. I mean, I did economics, for goodness sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I think back to that and I'm going, what the hell? Like, yeah. that is so far from who I am. Like, but I did I, it. Because, I, yeah, I can remember thinking with economics, like, literally, this just, this just seems like it's a, it's a, um, a structure that goes round and round in circles endlessly. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't seem to have a purpose. <laughs> and I was always really bad at maths as well. So yes. like, my brain's not wired in that way. Like, so yep. if you go and do it, and I, I mean, I did okay, but I was never going to do anything with it. But yeah. I think from the influence, you know, perspective of my parents was that was a, you know, a good subject to do and that it would yeah. be useful in life. And yeah. so I guess just influenced as, as you are at that age by what, you know, you get told and, and what you think is the, the right thing to do, I, I guess. And safe, isn't it? Like it's safe, a safe yeah. pathway yep. as well, you know, yep. because, you know, you're probably going to get married and have children, so you don't really need to worry too much. <laughs> very much, and very much so that was still, like that was still the picture for me, you know. It was oh, how it was quite a few years ago. I'm 46, nearly 47 now. So yeah. that was that was the story, you know, was you, you grow up, you know, you get a job, you get married, you have kids. So that was very much at the, the forefront of my mind. That was the yeah. program. Yeah. 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 And then we all... We all run through and we yep. all think it's normal. Yeah. And this is, I think, what people are, you know, waking up to now. It's like, holy fuck, you know, I've just been living this lie yeah. uh, and pushing against something that yeah. you think is normal but it's so completely not. Yeah, that's right. And I talk to my daughter now and she says to me, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to get married and blah, blah, And I'm like, you know, yeah, well, yeah. You, know, you, you don't have to do that. Like you yeah. do what you want to do. And I'm so open and, and receptive with my kids like that because I don't want to tell them what to do or yeah. what not to do. I want them to find their own way and to just yeah listen to their internal wisdom rather than yeah. what someone else is telling them. Beautiful. Beautiful. And because that's what that normal and the safe um, is such a, is, as we're saying, like, um carved out pathway for us but then when we're experiencing all this turmoil we put it against ourselves and kind of undo ourselves and, yeah. and feel less than or project it out and kind of get angry at people and it's yeah. like it's really because we're just not in the right yeah and I mean yeah. I ended up in my late teens early 20s I had an eating disorder yeah. So I was pushing everything down. I was suppressing. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't dealing with stuff that w was arising for me. So that's how it manifested for me was years of over-exercising, you know, um, eating poorly. Yeah. So that, that's that's the way it projected out into my life, not living a uh, life. Like that's just so beautiful so how you said that because mm. it's like that's what happens, you know. Yeah. We go along and we're just doing the normal mm. and, program, and then all of a sudden something will happen which will, you know, wake us up a little bit yeah and it was like an eating disorder or others it's like I don't know depression or anxiety or Had that too yeah. yeah addiction you know it's like <laughs> throw that in there yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like we have these yeah. moments where we get to the it's almost like the the bottom of the barrel yeah yeah which well, is beautiful because then we can sort of I'm going to ask you the next question which is how did your awakening begin mm. which I have a little bit different from the first question but was mm. that one of the 
catalyst, do you think? Yeah, for sure. So when I was going through it, I didn't realise at the time, yeah. as most of us don't, you know, that mm-hmm. we're having the awakening when we're experiencing the depth of, of the journey. But for sure. So my healing um, from that was part of me connecting in with this whole other world. So I got married when I was 24. Um, I wanted to have babies. I didn't have a, a menstrual cycle. So yeah. I was, yeah, my body was screaming out at me that, you know, you're underweight, you're over-exercising, you're not ready to, to have a baby, but I really wanted to have a baby. So I went down the path of alternate therapies, which was something really new to me. So ah. it opened up a whole yeah. new world to me. So acupuncture and yoga and massage and all of that stuff that I'd never connected with before. So I feel like that was the part of it because it was the healing for me. But also I then went and started to study. So I just yeah. started to study nutrition, which was the massive catalyst for, for me healing myself. Um, yeah. And so that was a huge kind of opening right there. Oh, isn't it funny it's like this it's mm. you could almost do a blueprint for how a lot of the women that we have on the podcast their awakening begins and it yep. usually is from a um, physical a physical a body their body actually saying to them enough's enough yeah you know, I'm going to yeah. break down so mm. you can wake up kind that's of thing. right yeah and so often that's what happens is our body is giving us all of these signs that's screaming out to us but you yeah. know we're ignoring it and yeah, it takes something else to happen for us to kind of go. Oh, hang on a minute! You yeah. do need to listen. And when you know, uh, I was reading something recently saying about when you're feeling the greatest resistance is often when you're in the greatest position to um, grow and receive yeah. and experience. Uh, yeah. So if your if your womb it's is um, not not speaking, <laughs> having a little tantrum and saying no. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Happy. that's it's, right. You know, as a woman, it affects everything, doesn't yeah. it? Mm, okay. It sure so. does. And just the disconnect that I haven't even really realised until more probably in the last few years how disconnected I really was to my yeah. body and to my womb and how that has had really helped start the journey. But the journey was ongoing from then yeah. to the next, you know, 20 years. It just yeah. continues to to keep on rolling evolve exactly mm. so diving into like healing your or wanting to have a baby was the mm. sort of you know for a whole new direction for you yeah it sure was and it, cha- it changed everything so I, I was studying while I was working at my corporate job which was amazing so I was sitting at my desk just studying away <laughs> and back then it wasn't you know computer based. It, was book, it was book based so I was getting paid to study nutrition and massage and it was Excellent. awesome yeah so really I made the most of that time while I had it and then I you know, stepped away from that and started to do what I really wanted to do and and just the um, alignment that that brought to me was just yeah it was amazing it was so good to finally be doing what I felt like I wanted to be doing not what I had yeah. to be doing or was told to be doing I wonder if um, the little being that was growing inside of you played a big part in that, you know, like that being coming in yeah, um, to open that up in you. Yep. So beautiful, the little connections, you know, and how powerful they are. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you have the, the journey that you need to have to, to be the mother to the being that's coming through. So, yeah, yeah each each of your experience, well, each of my experiences with my children, yeah, brought different, different lessons and bits yeah. of gold and challenges yeah. and yeah, mm, but, um, I just love that hearing your voice change when you talk about sitting at your corporate job, and but but doing something that you love in that space that wasn't your right fit. You know, it's just like yeah, so good. Everyone's going, oh, well, you know, she's like so productive. She's like getting to the work. She's happy. She, you know, she's an amazing employee. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buck, bucking the system. It was great. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> 
So just on that note too, with, with the awakening beginning, what did you notice? What were some of the things that you noticed happening around you? Any shifts happening or, mm. you know, what were you noticing around you that was happening or within you that was happening? Yeah, I feel like I just was really noticing all of the stuff that I'd suppressed um, was coming up for me to deal with and, and stuff that was coming up, I guess, from my childhood and stuff that was coming up in my relationship that, you know, I'd really used this whole eating disorder as a way of not dealing with all the other stuff. So yeah. things started to arise and I had to face things that I hadn't been facing. Yeah. Um, so that was a big part of it. But um, also with my pregnancy journey, I feel like it continued the awakening in the connections with those natural therapies and with doing some alternate birthing classes and that sort of thing really helped me to awaken myself to even, I guess, what was expected or what was available to us as women when it came to pregnancy and birth. So initially I was booked in with a private obstetrician because that's what I thought, you know, was what you did. Yeah. And um, I did a birthing class at around about 24 weeks or so. And it was, again, it was like an, an awakening. I was like, oh my God, this is not what I want to be doing. And I yeah. just did a complete backflip and and sort of said, thanks, but no thanks to the OB and went and found um, midwifery support and went through, yeah, a totally different model of care. So I just think back to that one moment and that one connection in that class. And yeah. that was a game changer for me. So when you said did you meet somebody or was it something that you just felt or was it something they said? Or it was, was just, it- yeah, it was going to the classes and being presented with the information, I guess, about yeah. private hospital, public hospital midwives, you know, and just really realising and never understanding before that there was such a stark difference in ah. the, the type of, I guess, um, birth that I was maybe more likely to have with one yeah. model of care to another and just really just going, that's not, this is not what I want. I don't want to be yeah. birthing in a hospital that's got the highest cesarean rate in the state or the country even maybe. Wow. You know, it was just a real wake up call to me that no, this isn't, this isn't aligned. And it was a big thing for me as a good girl yeah. to at 24 weeks actually tell my obstetrician, you know, that I was going to not go with him and, and go with a different model of care. I mean, I'm sure he didn't really care, like yeah. reflecting yeah. back. But for me at the time, that was a big thing to sort of, you know. Stand in your truth. So stand again, in my truth, yeah. It? You know, it's no say go against the system, but, you know, you're yes. basically stepping into the true mm. part of what birthing is, is really about with that whole community of midwifery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and to not have ever realised that that was a thing, like to yeah. realise, oh, my gosh, there's this whole other way, but it doesn't really get talked about as much. I mean, this was 19 years ago, so. Yeah. Um, so when you made that choice, did everything just start opening up for you? Did like Yeah. Yeah. Do you want yep, to just share yep. a little bit about that? So you tro- you made the choice of going with a private, like not a private, but a a doula, was it, or was it? No, well, I did engage a doula because my yep. yoga teacher was a doula, so I engaged a doula, um, and then, well, I actually engaged her before I went to the classes, and then that unfolded from there. But then, yeah, just sort of taking the obstetrician out of the equation, I think it just yeah it just shifted everything within me I just I was excited about birth all of a sudden it wasn't this like oh big experience that I was sort of feeling you know dread or or worry about I was excited about you know going and birthing my baby and what would come out of it and the challenge I guess um as a woman yeah I was going to say even the the empowerment in you making choice you know yeah and that that joy, I, I can feel it kind of in, in me now. It's like it's like a feeling of you can do anything when you make yeah. a decision that comes from the truth. Yep. And yep. also taking that empowerment back with my body because I'd come from years of beating my body up and hating my yes. body and to now be like growing this baby and feeling like this empowerment already and, and yeah. looking forward to this experience and that trust, I guess, in my body and that I hadn't had before. So wow. it, was, yeah, it was huge. 
Yeah, it's, it's a so communication, beautiful. isn't it? Because I think what one of like when you say feel this little being inside of you, the the you get this little relationship that starts to grow and mm. you know a communication that's there, and to have that expand into the other parts of your body and that innate wisdom that's in your being mm-hmm. and how activated it gets on behalf of becoming a mother yeah it's one of the most amazing experiences to mm-hmm. to feel and to step into and feel empowered by you know you're mm-hmm. so it's uh like even though at 24 wanting to become a mother is still um wow I guess you know, like part of what it starts off as part of that traditional pathway, but actually, it's a, it's a like the soul going, okay, this is going to open up a whole new part of who mm. he is. Mm. And that was a four oh, year yeah. journey for me. So I was twenty eight when I had my first baby. So it was you know quite wow. a long time as well. Mm. And I reflect back, and I, I know I needed that journey because yeah. if I hadn't have gone on that journey, I wouldn't be who I am now. So yeah. it's all part of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can feel that. It's so beautiful. And it all started from you just making a choice. Yeah, just exactly. It's just (laughs) some choices are just, yeah, the catalyst for change for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like changing Mm. your own blueprint, you know? Yeah. Because you could have stayed down that path of pleasing everybody else. But at Mm. at some stage, I mean, and your body was letting you know that you had to make a choice that was going to support you and Mm. only you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did your how did your partner at the time did he embrace like where Brownie was going as well? Was yeah, that- he he was okay. He was pretty. Yeah, he was pretty much happy to to be guided by what I felt was best. So yeah, so he kind of saw you always anyway, basically. <laughs> yeah, maybe and grew alongside <laughs> you. It's my, it's my ex-husband now, so it's, yeah. yeah, we, we yeah. did grow. I think my my experience is that's for so many women going through and birthing Absolutely. babies and that it just changes you. It changes yeah. you in in every cell of your body. So yeah, for me it was a, sorry, it was that makes you stronger. stronger. Yeah, and it felt like a real coming home for me, like yeah. a coming back to who who I have always been. So even to reflect back to that fifteen year old, you know, that it's almost like I came back to to where I was or who I knew who I always knew I was. Yeah, but had been really disconnected from. Yeah. Oh, that's really powerful. It's traveling, traveling the path, isn't it? And just like not knowing where you. Sometimes you've got a light, and sometimes you don't have a light. But you're just taking the yeah. step anyway. That's yeah. right. And it's not until you reflect back that it's often the darkest times where the gold really comes from, right? You yeah. know, it's yeah. when you're challenged or you've got to dig deeper than you've ever dug. Like that's where you look back and you're like, "Wow, that was amazing!" You know, it Absolutely. shifted everything. Yeah, hindsight's mm. such a beautiful thing. Isn't yeah. That? Um. So what kind of things, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but what kind of things have happened or are happening to you and for you now? Like, you know, now that you're aware and you're, you know, you're aware of it, your body and why it reacts and different things are happening around you and you're becoming more aware of the choices that you're making, what Mm. are some of the things that are happening around you or for you? Yeah, I guess you just... It's like you're attracting the aligned life, like, yeah. and, and things become more e- easeful. I mean, things aren't always easy, but yeah, yeah, it just sort of flows a bit more, and you you feel in alignment. And yeah, I mean, that can be everything from just the people that you're connecting with to even just the cycle, like your menstrual cycle, being connected yeah. with that, and and the wisdom and um, yeah. your power that comes from being in tune with that part of your life as well. It's it just Absolutely. yeah. You, 
you know yourself so much more and you also know who you are in the world so much yeah. more and you feel more comfortable with that. But that's also probably the stage of life as well. You know, you get yeah. more comfortable as you as you move into the, the older stages as a woman as well. Yeah. So you're having like just even with your menstrual cycle, as yeah. you say, like connecting in with that, like yeah. how is that like because having that, you know, the, you know, you know how we um, – moving into eating disorders and that disconnection and that space of how we see ourselves and how we feel mm. about ourselves or not feel about ourselves, mm. you know, moving into the, the menstrual space where you are just becoming so aware of what your body's doing through the month. How is, how is that experience? Oh, it's, it's amazing and so healing and I guess part of why I want to talk to everybody about it myself as well because it's it's a game changer and if girls – we're aware of this stuff that's innately within us but we're disconnected from but if we had this map I guess from a really young age of what your menstrual cycle is other than just this thing that happens once a month that you've got to you know deal with or manage or whatever like there's so much magic in it and I think if young girls could have that awareness of that at a young age it would shift their whole their whole life and particularly I guess as a birth keeper I see it in the birth space and how women turn up in the birth space I feel like if there was a lot of stuff going on earlier then women would be turning up in a, in a much different space than what they are quite often turning up to now without that awareness or connection with their bodies and their menstrual cycle that's yeah. so true you know I'm just thinking back to even when you said about just going into an obstetrician I was the same I went yep. I had a private obstetrician and it was just I felt like I was just another person in the waiting room you know, yeah. we were all in there. We were just having a baby, and that was mm. kind of it. And like that was my knowledge then. I wasn't um, aware that my body is sacred, and you know, this is all connected and all of that. I was just going to have a baby, and he was just the top guy to yep. deliver a child. And it may, it actually, I get emotional. It's when not I, a powerful yeah. experience. Yeah. It's going to, you know, like activate your whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, totally yeah. aware of all of that. <laughs> and now when I see. Um, young women having having children now that you know they have a doula like my my granddaughter very much was down this path mm. um and it was just so beautiful and like every part of it you know right from not even having like mm. i i thought the vitamin k injection was the just have to have it done yeah you know, it's no you can't say no just that's what they do Mm -hmm. I know, you know, that she made so many choices and she and mm. it was all about her and the baby. And it was just like so many times I was brought to tears because I was mm. like not regretful but because I was unaware back then but like, God, I wish I had have had that moment. I would have just yeah. made it so much more beautiful, you know, yeah. and that's how it's missed, mm. you know. Yeah. And, and there's still a lot of people that, um, you know, just aren't aware of how sacred bringing another person into the world is mm. and, and looking after your body and the whole the whole part of the journey and how yeah. special and um, sacred it is. Mm. It's that real like, lack of awareness. So I feel like it's been hidden or taken away from us as women. Well, it's another program, isn't it? Well, it is. And because women come into their power when they have birth experiences that are yeah. women-centred and empowering or whatever, like it can change women. I mean, it does change women. So Absolutely. it's almost like... There's this disconnect where well, the patriarchal culture doesn't want us to know that, you know, this is there for us because if if they do, then it changes us and we become stronger and we yeah. speak up potentially yeah. more and we believe in our bodies and we take that ownership rather than just <laughs> handing it over. And that's the thing with birth. Like we are conditioned. We're all conditioned as women to grow up and to do what we're told and to be yeah. the good girls and yeah. the birth 
system is like that's that's just the epitome of doing what you're told and not yeah. asking questions when we can push back and we can say no to things but we're, we're so conditioned to feel yes. like we can't and most women don't want to cause trouble like it and no. there's that you know then there's the fear factor of like well something will happen to your baby if you don't do this like it's, oh that that comes in know. doesn't it like if you're yeah. even thinking about making a decision on your own but what if you know but what if and it's like yeah. Oh, so you've got to be, yeah, you've got you've got to be so strong to be able to stand up to that. And you know, yeah. when a woman is in labor as well, like you, you shouldn't be having to defend yeah. or push back. Like you just need to be doing what you need to be doing. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even absolutely. to have a choice around what position you're in when you're birthing. I mean, a number of women I've seen, you know, of that generation where you are you're in stirrups and you're on your back and you're pushing yeah. your baby uphill. Which is crazy, right? That was me. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. you don't know any different, and because we're not we're not surrounded by pregnancy and birth growing up, you know. Think about traditional cultures and the kids; they're they're there when women birth, when sisters yeah. or aunties or mums, and it's a normal yeah. part of life for them. For us, we're so not connected until it's our turn, and then we're like, "Oh my god, I've got six months or so yeah. to like learn." And and I mean, where do we go to? It's, yeah. it's a lot. Well, oh no, there's a great book. Yeah. I'm, I'm joking when I say this. I think everybody got the same book, which was. Um, you know, oh God, what to expect when you're expecting. Mm-hmm. I had that book and I yeah. literally, it was my Bible and I was like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. When yeah. I think now, why did I have a book on, you know. This is when, this is my first book. Hard oh, Down to Birth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lives and yeah. women telling their birthing stories, which some of them, like, when you're already pregnant, you're thinking, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> and I listen yeah. to, oh, that's, that's the one I want. Yes. That's the birthing experience but, oh, my goodness, the wisdom and the sharing that the community, as you're saying there, is, mm. is, that's, the, that's the glory of community and, you know, the, mm. the, where the lit, true learning is because there's so many ways that you can absorb what feels right for you without mm. any kind of mm. level of trying to fit in or critique or um, control. Yeah. So much freedom in those sharings of stories you know mm. which is what we're it's storytelling yeah. like we yeah. need we need the stories so yeah. that's yeah, that that's a big part of what's missing I think in our culture isn't it is the storytelling yes the sharing of stories I um I don't know whether it was Kate Reardon who was talking about before but she was telling us about in Indigenous cultures they don't put the baby down for I think it's like is it thirteen weeks or something? No, it's six months often. Oh, it's yeah. like forty weeks, something like that. Mm. So, like the baby sleeps, but then when it's awake, there's Some somebody of... already always in the, yeah. in the um, tribe carrying and holding this child, and it just felt so beautiful. Yeah, to... it's beautiful. Yeah. And then As opposed the to the Western model, which is like, oh, don't hold the baby too much. You know, you'll spoil them. Oh, heck yes. Yeah. It's the complete opposite, Don't let them right? sleep with you. <laughs> it's <laughs> not safe to let them sleep with you. Like, come on. Yeah. You'll yeah, roll yeah, on yeah. and squash it. Yeah. I mean, and so everyone so. makes a choice on, on for what their baby, yep. what their baby needs and what is right for them. But mm. the, the rigid um, lines that you're not supposed to cross, that's the yeah. issue. And it's the fear-based stuff. I think it's it's using fear as a way to to make people do things a certain way, which I have a real problem with. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that yeah. four years where you went from thinking, okay, now I want to have a child, and then following a path on how to conceive. Mm. What kind of community did that take you into? Because you're talking about quite alternative culture mm. of, of people and ways of thinking. 
Yeah, so I think through my studies and through the the classes and stuff I was doing, I did connect with other like-minded people, but my very immediate community was still the same. So I I did feel a real disconnect and that really flowed on into my motherhood journey because I felt like I wanted to mother in a way that I wasn't getting the support to do because other people were doing things differently and I was getting advice from people that was different and I ended up with postpartum depression. I think because I, I was struggling and I wanted to mother a certain way, but then I was externally trying to reach out for help I was on the Tresillion helpline every day because I didn't have confidence in myself I didn't feel connected to my you know innate mothering wisdom and I didn't have I guess that nurturing for me that I really needed as a new mother so it was a real struggle yeah that's That's a that's a tough journey isn't it because I remember exactly um I had quite a few friends who were very much in that thing of like a mother's intuition is you know you make choices about things based on what feels right mm. in, in your heart and then some people saying oh you know you know you seem like you're a bit emotional today are you sure you haven't got <laughs> you know postnatal yeah. depression and you know do you think you should see someone and I'm looking at them thinking what <laughs> what are you talking about it's mm. such big areas on either side of how you can be supported in that space and when you've got so much going on in your day and tiredness and things like that, you're so vulnerable at this mm. at time as you're so strong and powerful. It's quite yeah. an interesting mix, isn't it? Definitely. And because as a new mother, you are open and sensitive and vulnerable. I mean, you're newly birthed, right? So yeah. You've moved from the maiden into the mother and you're still finding your feet. So it's it's a tricky time. Yeah, yeah. This is um, probably perfect timing too. So did you have to um, give up anything, like people or things, when, you know, you were going through this shift and you could feel it happening? I know you just talked about the community wasn't really the community you wanted to be a part part of, but you kind of were there in in that moment. But Mm. was there any people or things that you had to give up when you were going through this? Yeah, I definitely felt like I pulled away from from people. That was definitely a big part of it. And and in in that way as well it kind of did form I guess that isolation also for me because I did pull away from people that I couldn't resonate with anymore and it did bring up feelings of feeling more alone also yeah Yeah. um so I guess yeah I just really threw myself into mothering over those next few years and just focused focused on on that Um, yeah I didn't didn't really have a great strong like-minded community um that I you know see women forming now when they're doing things a little bit differently um yeah and were you, you you weren't living where you are now, were you, or not? No. No, I wasn't. So I was living up in Cronulla at the time. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so how did you get through that? Was it like, oh, gosh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, look, I look back yeah. and I think, how, how did I get through that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you had had your baby at this stage? Your first, yeah. yeah. So I had my, my daughter. Um, and then I think just with the postpartum depression, I, I just, we ended up going to, um, what was it called? Oh, it's like a baby support center. And yeah, yeah. we stayed there for a couple of days and they just gave me some support with her and it just shifted yes. everything. I think just not being on my own, just having yeah. that support. And then it just really shifted everything for me from there. And I yeah. came home and it all seemed to be, to be okay. Um, yeah. You know, I guess you're, you're just doing the best that you can, right? At yeah. the time I reflect back and I, I, you know, would love to have had a, a different experience and Absolutely. to have had, you know, that support, the community and, and that sort of thing. But again, it's like, for me, my struggles then gave me the gift to, to go on and, say, yeah. <laughs> and then do what that, I did. Yeah. yeah. So 
having those experiences and having the births, great births, birth experiences going on then to, to do training to, to do that for other women. So when I was yes. pregnant with my youngest son, Jarrah, who's nearly 15, yeah. I was supporting births as a trainee doula. So I knew wow. that that's what I wanted to do. And um, so that yeah, led me down that path to, to then offer it for other women. And it's amazing. Like often people, like I know um, I had a midwife for both of my births and um, at the time I had my first son, midwives, there was an issue with insurances and things like that. So I wasn't mm-hmm. able to have home birth with my son, but my midwife was with us in hospital. So that was, and all the other midwives gave her space to look after us. Beautiful. That was the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And then a home birth for my, my second child. But speaking to different um people often their second or third or fourth child they have that confidence to choose the birth that makes them most happy like yeah. a, a water birth or yeah. a home birth or things like that mm. and just the the I'll say redemption which is kind of an interesting word that they receive from that birthing experience mm. changes everything around how they feel around themselves as what they've been able to give their child or that pregnancy or you know just the happiness that is there mm. it can be so healing. Oh, so healing, so healing, so powerfully yeah. healing. Mm. Yeah, so to be in that space yourself of supporting another woman, but also better support yourself mm. in that space mm. must have been quite magical. Yeah, it was, it was. And I think when you go through experiences yourself that change you on such a deep level, you want to be able to help other people have, you know, their own experience, but feel that same way to know that there is an, another way of doing things and yeah. Yeah, just to give them that that option, I suppose, and that support. Absolutely. Mm. Just for our listeners too, can you explain um, to to us what a doula is? Mm. Yeah, so a doula is a birth support person, so someone that attends births um, uh, as well as provides support in pregnancy and also postpartum depending on their scope. But it's really, it's not a medical position, so it's different to a midwife. You don't do yeah. any checks or blood pressures or anything like that. It's it's emotional support. Um, it's physical support. So when a woman is in labour, it's doing little bits and pieces to help support a woman, whether it's squeezing her hips or getting her a drink of water or you know, helping her out of the bath or into the shower. It's just really doing all the little bits and pieces, making sure the room is dimly lit, maybe putting some aromatherapy on, music. It's just really managing all the little things that can help to make the experience more, um, yeah, more supported, I suppose. Yeah. So reassuring um, as well to have yeah. somebody think, you know, when the mother's in that zone, to have somebody there taking care of that environment. Yeah, that's right. And it takes the pressure off partners as well, you know, in that, partners it's there's a lot of pressure I think on them to sort of do all of that stuff whereas if you've got a doula or a birth keeper there as well to hold yeah. that space it allows them to just be present and to just do what they need to do rather than doing all the other bits and pieces as well as supporting the partner as she labors and you see them through the pregnancy as well don't you say so yeah you do you form a relationship so you've got that continuity of care which women won't necessarily have unless they've got you know a private midwife or a home birth midwife um, then that's yeah. the difference as well. You, you form a relationship and you have that trust and, and um, connection with each other. Which is something you don't yeah. get in the hospital. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you don't, don't, unless like, you've got a private midwife. Congratulations, right. yeah. Yeah. See you yeah, later. Go well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But so for me now, I mean, I did a lot of years working in the birth, in the system, um, yeah. the hospital system, and I've pulled out of doing the hospital support now like it's oh, still wow. still super important and there are people out Absolutely. there that are still doing it but for me 
I got to a point where I was feeling burnout, burnt yeah. out and I was taking home trauma from what I was actually experiencing with women yeah. in the hospital in the last couple of years where I was working there. Wow. Um, and so for me then I sort of switched my focus more to postpartum in-home support and also just home birth support for women. So just sort of, Beautiful. yeah, just took that step back and just, yeah, I guess shifted where I knew that I needed to focus my um, energy on. Yeah. Amazing. So healthy boundaries for it to, you to have continuity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Had to sort of shift things. So the last couple of years, so I remember, so we're, we're going into that, you know, that world upside down. <laughs> What's the word for it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. so many different ways you can. You're frozen. Yeah, so, yeah, so <laughs> but that's okay. We're, we're still talking. talking. Because um, I remember, like, there were several groups that um, set up around midwifery and, and doulas and, and birthing because there were so many women going into birthing in that time that were freaking out about what their hospital experience would be like, whether oh, yeah. they'd be allowed in if they weren't um, taking on certain medications and um, all that type of thing. You were mentioning um, that you were in the last couple that couple of years that you know that which is that phase when the world turned upside down, mm-hmm. um, and there were so many challenges around women birthing at that time because people who were wanting to remain sovereign and mm-hmm. remain in the autonomous space yeah. were freaking out around whether they'd be allowed into hospitals, what kind of care they'd be able to receive for their birthing experience, and there was quite a few um, groups of you know set up around um with midwifery doulas and yeah. um to like one those communities supporting each other because they were so traumatized around where they could help and couldn't help yeah as well as the mothers who were pregnant or wanting to conceive uh, or about to give birth so how was yeah. how I can imagine it must have been quite a crazy time for you oh it was yeah I mean more so for the women than for me yeah. I and mean, it was yeah it was challenging for for me but to to not be able to I guess support women in the way that we have always been able to and to to watch women have to go through yeah. not having the people that they want to have there with them um I was working with one beautiful couple and it was a home birth but she had to transfer and and I couldn't go the midwife couldn't go with her so then it was just her and a partner and just hearing the stories of the women postnatally as well and not being able yeah. to connect in with other women or have the support people that they wanted to have there because they weren't allowed to. It's yeah, it's it's I think the effects of that are, are gonna be yeah, long, long reaching to be honest. It was yeah. a really hard time to, to Yeah. Watch. Um yeah, my my daughter in law was in that boat where she had a doula. Yep. Um, who we we had a dinner where she came over and met the whole family and told us everything she was doing and it was really beautiful and we like I was brought to tears many times she was mm. it, her space was so beautiful yeah um, and then it came down to have the baby and she had to go into hospital mm. and um, she still had a beautiful experience mm. but you know I don't know whether it was the the exact same as what she would have had if you know but. In hindsight, and lucky for us, she created a wonderful experience in hospital and, and mm. she was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, definitely. But um, I'm, I'm understanding more and more and I think it has opened up in the last couple of years more for people like yourself in this area and more mums becoming more aware definitely. Um, and more conscious that it is an important time. It's a very mm. important time not only for the mother but for the child um, to be brought into a space that's held yeah yeah absolutely and I mean women were choosing um 
home birth that may not have had that as, as something on their radar as well because of what was going on also. So in that way, it was it was a positive in that yeah. you know, some women were actually choosing to maybe step out of the, the space that they wouldn't have thought of doing before. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, certainly, absolutely. Certainly challenging. But, um, yeah, what an awakening time that has been the last couple of years. So I, I really felt like I was living in, in line with, you know, what I wanted to be doing and that I was really kind of awake and aware and then the last couple of years happened and it was just like, Phew. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another layer of, of you know, shedding and, and awakening and, really connecting with who you are and what your purpose is here and, you know, what you want, what you don't want. And, um, yeah, so it's just been a, a really intense but amazing um, unfolding, I guess. Yeah, so let's – are you okay to, to chat on that? So what things yeah. were, what things were happening? Like what were you noticing? What were you becoming more I think, aware of? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing that I was, uh, that was at the forefront that I had already had awareness of was, I mean, my work is supporting people to – step into that ownership of their body and and to do what feels right for them and body autonomy and so I mean for me like that was just already that was already at the forefront of of what I do in in the world so to then have this thing happening was just like there was no way I was ever going to be taking any other stance than what I what I did but I think just living in that space of all the crazy stuff that was going on and the limitations and that was really challenging challenging but it also made me take another deeper look under things and sort of see things that I hadn't seen before and really realise, I suppose, the layers of control and and stuff that is actually going on in in the world that we we feel like is a free society. I think that was really highlighted for me, like, wow, okay, I think I'd sort of sugarcoated stuff a little bit before and tried to just see all the positive stuff and the love and the light and whatever, and then I was confronted with the dark stuff that maybe I'd never wanted to delve into before, so it was quite confronting, but... Yeah, I guess it's just really helped me to connect even more with with who I am and what I'm doing here and and what I want to do and what I don't want to do, I guess. I love love what you said about seeing what you haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, And that is a very powerful phrase in itself, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, I I think it's like peeling back the the glasses almost. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I thought that I was aware of stuff previously, but, yeah, it's... um, Definitely yeah, it was a big be. shake up for many, wasn't it? Which, yeah. You know, and I've always kind of said it was the most amazing thing to happen, you know, yep. on the planet and we needed that yep. to occur. Even, you know, for some people it was hard and, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a struggle and um, I feel for those people um, there was a lot of other people that, you know, it was like a slap in the face. It yeah. was like time to wake up. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I, I reflect on it as just one of those times in life where you go down into the underworld and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and you want to like get out almost like I suppose the transition stage of labour, right? When you're like, oh, yeah, I was literally thinking that. Yeah, I'm done, <laughs> let me out. But it's it's there's no turning honest. back now. It's gonna no come out. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's then the reflecting going, Yeah, that was really fucking hard. Yeah. But I'm really glad and I'm really yeah. like proud that I stood where I stood and that I was you know honoring who I am and what I believe in in that and and so yeah I mean yeah it's yeah the, the ripple effects are still there right but I mean yes. it's it's amazing like it, so it was amazing. it was so needed so when you so when you stepped out of the hospital system and then started mm-hmm. establishing your own practice like how was that like did you have community around you in that area to 
Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's different. So obviously, when you're working in the hospital system, you're you're working with a lot more people, right? So it's, you know, you've got a a bigger demand on your services. So there's been a shift in, in that way as well. But it's also enabling me to focus more on going deeper with women and doing more of the, the deeper journeying, which is yeah. where I really want to head to now. So I want to peel back the layers with people and doing a lot of work on, you know, sort of looking at the rites of passages. I've, I've been doing some training and some work with the Shamanic School of Womancraft over the last couple of years and wow. journeying even deeper with them now to be able to sit with women one-on-one and look at their birth story and look at their different rites of passages and how it's showing up for them and really sort of going deep. So I'm really excited about that aspect of what's unfolding now for me is being able to help women on that level so in saying that um if someone has had a really bad experience a birth birthing experience um with what you do are you like is there space um to shift that for women yeah, look, so it's about listeners to, to hear this. It's definitely, yeah. yeah. So it's about, you know, we, we look at all the different rites of passages, including your actual birth into the world, but we look at the experience and we look at, you know, what that experience gifted you, I guess. So, you know, there's always gold to be found, even yeah. in our struggles. So, you yeah. know, um, one of the things that Jane Hardwick Collins says, who's my amazing teacher, is that you get the birth experience that you need yes. to be the mother for the baby that you're having, but also to, you know, to heal whatever it is that's coming up. So it's an opportunity um, to, to, to look at something that's, you know, appearing and it'll keep appearing until you sort of like look at it and heal it. Yeah. Um, but there's always, yeah, gold to be found in, in every yeah. experience we have. Good to know. And that, and that is in itself kind of takes the experience to a different place, doesn't it? Because it sure does. there's so many women, I mean, um, who from, you know, what their birth experience is about and, you know, then, or, you know, prior to birth, as you say, like lack of menstrual cycles and trying to become fertile or endometriosis or polycystic ovaries mm-hmm. the lead up to actually being able to conceive and then what, the, you know, the pregnancy is about and then post with the birthing experience there's so much gold in all of that isn't there because there sure is yeah mm-hmm. does that kind of all come into that area where you're now trying where you yeah. are into mm-hmm. it does and also doing the womb work so the hands-on womb oh. work with women too because this is, <laughs> you know this I is where ask about that you was like bam <laughs> so that's where we're storing stuff so we're storing you know trauma or undigested emotions where we're storing all of that in our womb and you know, so often when women will come to me and there's a real disconnect because they've, you know, tried to sort of like push down whatever's happened, whether it's birth related or other stories of things in their life or whether it's ancestral trauma maybe that they're holding that's not even theirs, but it's there in their womb. So doing the hands-on womb work and the energetic healing that comes with that is also hugely um, changing for women yeah. when they've got, you know, stuff going on in that space as well. So oh, I'm just thinking about like sexual abuse and how yeah. much that comes up now yep. and how prevalent it is you know more and more that women are suppressing it because you know it's not a great you know it's horrible to say but it's not a great thing to talk about like a lot of people want it because it makes them feel um like there's something wrong with them or they're inadequate you know blah 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 blah. but the trauma in that is all kinds yeah And that's the same for abortions and for yeah. um, pregnancy losses as well. It's like it's yeah. taboo to talk about, but yeah. it's, it's, it stays in our womb space. And, you know, by journeying with women and, and talking and going through the different layers as well as doing the physical hands-on and energetic work, it can be life-changing for them. So Absolutely. Amazing. Wow. And, 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 and keeping that life force that is the womb space, 
the hearth fire is burning, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. there's a lot of energy in our womb that may or may not be activated through our lifetime. But that's right. Yeah, so that's right, and it can all be linked to you know physical manifestations of conditions that are appearing as well. Like it, it, that sort of stuff is quite often linked to you know stuff that's held emotionally in the yeah. womb. It's not always necessarily a physical cause like it might be manifesting as a physical symptom but there are other things that can be um worked on to help help wow. with those things also mm. i'm thinking too about women who have hysterectomies and things like that um or prolapses like the work that you're doing around mm. because a lot of women when they um for whatever reason you know the womb is tired and, and needs to leave mm. um, moving on from that is experience is also quite a, a huge time it is years often and we still have an energetic womb space even if a woman has had a hysterectomy then there is still that energetic womb there yeah it can be worked with as well talk more about that because i know that'll be really interesting for listeners because it's quite amazing how many people who have had that have had mm. yeah and women usually just think, well, I, I haven't got my womb anymore. I can't connect. I can't do any of the, the womb work. But you can. You absolutely can. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's still, still a space there that's still that's energy, right. like said, an energetic space that's holding holding us. Holding, mm. Yeah. Do you think there's a disconnect with being a woman when you have when you lose your womb or like when you have a hysterectomy or? That, that's how a woman can feel. Mm. After, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely it can. It's interesting because in my red thread, my grandmother and my mother both had hysterectomies around mm. about probably a similar age to me or a little bit older. Yeah. And so for me, my red thread, thread healing is doing things differently. So I, I'm determined, you know, to yes. take a different path. So I'm, you know, doing herbs, I'm doing the womb work, I'm trying to sort of shift that um, that story for my red thread because it's been quite a common thing for women over the years that if, you know, your womb is causing you problems and if you don't want to have children, then just, you know, we'll just remove it. Whereas, you know, there are other things sometimes, you know, not always, sometimes that can, can be done to support the journey, particularly the perimenopause, menopause journey, which is when for a lot of women it can become too much, you know, and they just want something to to stop what's happening with them i wonder too just as you're saying that and we're talking about hysterectomies and you know i wonder if like many many years ago and i know there are parts of that that um help and support the the, the woman for whatever reason for whatever mm -hmm. medical reason yep but i'm just wondering this is just off the cuff <laughs> then i wonder if that was part of another program you know to disempower a woman by getting rid of her womb mm -hmm. You know, well, you know, you know so maybe a thought that I've had myself. Like, yeah, I think everything to do with our menstrual cycle, there's so much disempowerment, yeah. so much, you know, I mean, it's it's from the first men, the menarch, the first bleed that we have, like how, how many women that you talk to have had a really positive celebrated experience or there's a lot of shame surrounding it of feeling that, you know, you've just got to hide it away because it's embarrassing or there's not a lot of kind of honouring and celebration around the power that our, our bodies bring to us. It's It's a very... Magic. Yeah, it's a very underlying kind of um, vibe that's there for us, but it's definitely part of that whole disconnect, I think, that our society, you know, that patriarchal society absolutely for women. And it, it's so I, I actually teach it in schools with young girls, with grade yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, grade five, grade so six. So good. Yeah. And it's all around exactly what you were just saying. You know, I bring up periods and they all go, oh, you know, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, you know, that's just what you've been told. Yeah. But it's actually a magical experience. And it's like literally there might be one or two out of 70 girls that will be like, yes, my mum talks to me about that. 
but the rest mm. of us have a program mm. that is it's horrible it's it will ruin you you know four days five days of your month mm. blah, blah 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 and I'm like oh you know I nearly cry when I hear this because mm. I'm like it's such a mad but the the magic and the sacredness and the journey and all of that yeah. um in that time and what we can create in that in those five days or whatever is so so powerful mm. if only you know so I'm trying I'm just planting seeds you know yeah I love it that's all we can do is just plant little seeds where we can and yes hopefully over time it will shift because that's where it all starts like yeah. it, it's that first experience it can really make a, a massive difference for a young girl if she has you know, a mother which, you know, does yeah. celebrate it and really, you know, talk about it as the magical time that it that it can be, then it, it yeah. shifts her perspective of not only her menstrual cycle but her whole body and oh, what it is to be yeah. a woman in the world, right? Yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, um, powerful conversation. Two things are coming to mind. I remember when I first had, had um, a bit of spotting with my period wanting to come on and I was like, oh, I've still my pants. I didn't know what it was. I didn't think mm. for a moment it was blood. Mm. And then... Was nothing of it, kind of thing. I was a bit confused, and then, then had my period, and I was like saying to mum, "I think there's something wrong with me." Blah mm-hmm. blah, and she's like, "Oh, okay." And then gave me this six series books <laughs> to okay. read around periods and menstrual cycles and parts of your body and things like that. And that in itself was, I, I guess it was probably like we didn't have a conversation around it. The books were there for all of that. Um, but it was so empowering though to go, oh, this parts of my body and this is does that. And mm. it was a very um beautiful learning experience, even mm. though it probably wasn't a you know a, a mother-daughter bonding. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was a very powerful time. But also this listening to what we're talking around now, you it's a, another example of how we're sold things that are supposed mm. to give us freedom. Yeah. Actually put us in a in a box around because you know one periods are messy two you don't want to look at your blood yeah um three smell you know things fragrant you know and you know need to hide things and instead of using you know you're not you're you meant to carry on regardless through your period. So you mm-hmm. have these things that you can use so you can show up to work or you can continue playing sports and even the pill, how that you know was oh, very like, liberating and just such yeah. liberation yeah. when that came through. Again, yeah, exactly, and it's and it's trying to make women function like the masculine, so not not allowing us to do the ups and downs and you know the cyclical cyclical living. It's it's about function on all the time. This is the masculine way. This is how society wants you to show up. No time for resting or going within. It's just you've got to be on. Yeah, and I think that was our mother's growing up too. Yeah, when you say that, I think of my mum straight away. Mm. Like there's no. No time to get your period, <laughs> you yeah. know. It's like yeah. well, they would have been having their period, but they would yeah. have, you know, probably would have been a very uncomfortable time for them yeah. to carry on. Yeah. And yeah. to think, you know, there are some traditional cultures that, you know, still do and did honour like that yes. stage and the magic that, you know, the power that women when they're bleeding, like they, they yes. really acknowledge. I love what, that. And yeah. I, I actually mm. talk about that in, in the program about how the Indian women, they go into the tent yeah, and they just let it, you know, flow for mm-hmm. however long, and everybody supports them and stuff. And it's like, imagine if you know our <laughs> parents and our siblings was like, oh, Joe's got a period. Let's all get around and support her. You know, it'd be like, they'd yeah, others. But it's like that's exactly the way we should be honoring mm. it. And 
that same and that time. flows on that flows on to the rest of the cycle as well so if you are supported in that way and you do flow you know are really mindful of where you're at in your cycle then when you get to that autumn phase or the pms phase yeah you're less likely to be like really agitated and irritable because you've like honored your cycle and, and you've had the rest when you needed it and you yes. kind of take that time in line with where you're at whereas you know we don't normally do that it's just go 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 and of course when you're in your premenstrual phase then you start getting cranky at people and yeah. feeling all those things because you haven't you know really had the opportunity to honor the cycle and, and to rest when you need to rest and to go well look I need to pull back from things because I'm in my premenstrual autumn phase so I do need to like take it more easy and yeah um, take time out more. And the language that you're using, I mean, there's so much language around it, like the, you know, the connection with nature, the moon cycles, mm. you know, just that um, flow, the flow, mm. yes. Yeah. Flow, you know, yeah, there's just so much there that is uh, missing from our experience of ourselves. Yeah. When you start to mm. um, connect or, you know, if, any little bit that brings you back into that space can be mm. quite powerful the way it changes your oh, so powerful yeah. it's mm. so powerful and I feel like that's why you know we've been disconnected from it because that does make us feel more powerful as women yeah and less likely perhaps to be the good girls that just do what we're told Maybe. you know it's funny I listened to a <laughs> podcast on a lady who actually works in this area infertility mm. and she was saying imagine getting to the point where she was at the point where she knew her cycle so well down to the ovulating and everything mm. And that when she knew that the eggs were leaving her ovaries, she would talk to them and she would yeah. be like visualizing them being happy little, you know, <laughs> eggs, you know, yeah, I love you, I love you, floating mm. down the floating tube. And she would visualize this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And she said then when it was time for her to release, so she would have um, no pain, you know, mm. she would have, she would, because she had cramps for so long. And she mm. read that somebody said, if you can get in tune with your cycle and, know when you're ovulating and all those aspects that you love every part of it and talk to them and talk to your eggs and all that mm. it changed her whole cycle you know yeah. and it was like it sounded so beautiful when I was listening yeah. to it I was like oh that's so lovely yeah it's amazing you know, it is it's very amazing does that uh, movie I think from the I don't know early 90s with John Travolta and um, I always forget her name but she's passed now she's in a, a beautiful space um, look who's talking and the introduction yes. to that movie is with the spermus you uh, know, yes. the eggs coming down the canal literally yes. like like little golden orb floating in bliss and the little sperma yes. racing to get there <laughs> oh it's the most beautiful uh, illustration of that moment of magic it's mm. just, yes so beautiful so uh special to think of your body in that way yeah yeah well it's all coming back to just connecting isn't it it's yeah. connecting with your body connecting with your cycles like going within rather than always looking externally you know we're such a um an expert based culture right we always have to ask the expert ask someone else we don't ever just kind of go well hang on a minute it's my body i know my body really better than anyone else like what, what is my body you? telling me you? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's yeah you know yeah. that's wild no yeah. i love what you're, what you're talking about and where you're going it's and i think even in in this uh this day and age specifically now i mm. think we are looking and and feeling more internal um at what we're feeling yeah you know, we're not I think we're we're not asking as much mm. I think we're, we're feeling a lot more and yeah. we're we're finding the answers within and part of that 
is what you're talking about, you know, yeah. listening more to what our body needs and um, and having the answers because our body knows, you know, it's such an incredible vessel. Was, we yeah. know what we want and, was, and what we yeah. need, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so how has oh, this wow. all been for you? Like, Brianna, like have you, do you feel like, because like you're 46, 47, your children mm-hmm. ages, do you feel like this journey of where you're serving um people life and doing something that fulfills you how how has that kind of been like for your body for your connection into the world like where's it shifted you into yeah I mean ah that's a big question um (laughs) I mean in terms of where I'm at with with going coming into the perimenopausal phase for myself I definitely feel I'm approaching it with excitement almost kind of like, like I had really great birth experiences, but I also didn't have a real awareness of the rites of passage and how much of an impact they would have on my life. So I had great experiences, but now I'm really excited to be faced with this sometimes challenging phase of perimenopause with all of the awareness and like, this is a rite of passage and I'm changing and I'm transforming because I am shifting. Like I'm every day I'm feeling like, who am I? What am I doing? So, you know, I've felt very sure of who I am for a long time, but this transformative transformative stage of perimenopause is throwing everything up in the air it's like everything is kind of going back into that jumbled like where where am I going to land what am I doing next so it's it's an interesting stage yeah it's a very interesting stage um yeah I I mean I I love what I do I love the work that I do with women in the world so that certainly isn't going to shift but it's a lot of internal stuff I think happening at this phase of life yeah, I keep getting it. Mm. It's like a deeper listening, isn't it? It's yeah. like a deeper listening. It's yeah. like, mm. yeah. And I feel like your body is like my, my cycles have always been quite easy, but now yeah. I'm finding that they're gaining my attention a lot more because yeah. I am sometimes having heavier bleeds and I'm sometimes getting more discomfort. So it's making me bring my attention inwards to yeah. my body and what's happening. Whereas yes. in the past, I've been able to just kind of like be aware of it, but it hasn't kind of demanded as much attention so yeah and being more externalized and your focus yeah. is like to be able to honor that calling to come back into mm. the internal part of Brioni and what is happening in there yeah this transition yeah. And that's, just with everything I think that's happened in the last few years as well, it's just like that's exacerbating all of the internal stuff as well, yeah. of like really questioning everything and, you know, what Absolutely. is my purpose and what are we here for? And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you said earlier, not not looking for the answers outside of yourself. Yeah. 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 Knowing that we've got it within us and we yeah. just need to stop and listen a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, And you were speaking about um, what you're the work that you're doing with Dan Harvard-Collins. I mean, that's a powerful community to be a part of as well, isn't it? So yeah. I guess you've aligned yourself with some very, like a great reflection as a yeah. community in that space and where you want to be. It's uh, an amazing community. Uh, and I remember when Jane first started um, offering what she offers, it was 15 years ago because I, I had a, a newborn and at the time I remember looking at it going, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing and knowing that it wasn't the time of life for me. So it's really it's really cool now to be at this next sort of phase and to be doing the work in that community and to seeing, um, to see, I guess, all the little seeds, we're all little seeds, I suppose. We're doing yeah. the work, we do the internal journey and then we like, you know, do the other stuff and we're out there sort of planting our seeds. But it's it's so beautiful, the healed feminine connection, the healed sisterhood, you know, it's, yeah. it's such a beautiful space to be in. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm. yeah, it just feels it just feels so sacred and so yeah. honoring the, the the feminine and you know and the male as well. You know, yep. it's like, yeah. But goddamn strong because I mean, Jane is just a formidable force, isn't she? She's but in the most in her space, like she's yeah. leaps out at you. Mainly. She does, and she's so down to earth and grounded, yeah. and like we'll get in there and and do the work like the rest of us when there's things to be done. Like she really is um, so inspiring, really yeah. inspiring. That's so beautiful. Mm. Um, so just on the next question, we've got only two more questions left. So what do you do now to support yourself for staying in the moment? Mm. So I do a lot of nature time. That's probably my biggest go-to oh, is yeah. I just love, I've got a really beautiful um, reserve part up the back on the escarpment where I live. So I yeah. spend a lot of time just wandering up there, sometimes barefoot to get the oh, extra grounding in with yeah. the earth and just spending time just connecting with nature. Otherwise, it'll be down at the beach walking my dog and, and yeah. just sort of getting the feet in the in the earth and just remembering, I guess, you know, the importance of just being, you know, just, yeah. just taking that time out and, and just connecting with nature um, and then just gentle movement of the body, so just gentle yoga practice, just really yeah. listening each day to what my body's telling me and, yeah. you know, just supporting myself with, you know, herbal teas and good food and yeah. just slowing down a lot, I think slowing yeah. down which is I guess the gift as well of these last couple of years is it has brought a slower pace um Absolutely. along with it too which is nice that's so beautiful finding more again I guess that external rhythm of the slowing down and and, and with going with what feels right as opposed to the doing the doing yeah 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 absolutely and as you're just listening to talking about your yoga practice like is that an active part of what you do with your pregnant mums and yeah, so I do, I run workshops, so I run prenatal courses and um, postnatal stuff as well for the for the mums. It's mm -hmm. funny because my, my, my yoga practice, I suppose, has really shifted over the years. I feel yeah. a lot more like it's it's a lot more feminine now, so it's much more going with the flow and using the moons and using the different cycle of, of where you're at with your menstrual cycle. And it's a mu it's much more feminine-based practice, um, reflecting back, I guess, on when I did my yoga teacher training. And it is quite masculine-focused. It's very much rigid and yeah. certain postures and, like, you know, whereas what I feel like I'm practising now, which is more intuitive as well, is just flowing and yeah. listening to your body and reminding them and to, to really just you know check in with where you're at not you know what you have to be doing or what the teacher's showing you it's it's about you know you really going within and, and being the guide for your own practice in that way just allowing so, yeah. It's like yeah. Yeah. allowing yeah yeah so yeah it's a, and I guess that's like the true meaning of yoga as well, isn't it? Because it is a multidisciplinary factor, yeah. mind, body, emotions, mm -hmm. meditation, all different aspects of like everything we do in our day is an expression of yoga. So mm. you, we spot, you know, really embracing the true nature by allowing yourself that freedom. Yeah, and it's not about the external, what the, the posture looks like, you know, from the outside or pushing yourself if something doesn't feel right. It's like just listen to your body. Like if you want to curl up in Shavasana or child's pose, like yeah. do it. Like I yeah. will always say that to women, like just do what you need to do. And most most women actually just need that. That's why they go there, I think. Yeah. They just want to have that. They hang for the Shavasana. That's me. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Um. So we're actually down to our last question. Um, it's been really beautiful talking to you. It's a really calm space. You've yes. got a beautiful, really yeah. calm, still. I can see why women would love to be with you going through pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, and we have talked a little bit about this next question throughout the podcast, but um, how do you see the world now? How do I see the world now? Oh, gosh, that's a big question to yeah. for the last one. I don't know I feel like I see the world in a couple of different layers now whereas I just saw the world in one way yes. before whereas now I feel like it's sort of I see different layers of it yeah. um, and I feel like it's kind of choosing where you want to put your energy and choosing who you want to sort of spend your time with and, and what you want to kind of just acknowledge is there but not actually engage in. So yeah. I, I see the world very differently than what I would have three years ago now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's just, yeah. just some some ugly stuff going on. But um, I feel like there's a big shift, like you mentioned before. I feel like what's happened in these last few years needed to happen yeah. and that there's a real change in vibration. So it's almost like it's a real underground kind of like, vibration that I can feel shifting um, and I think people are waking up and and yeah. that's exciting yeah it's exciting it is it's very exciting and um the the Vesca Pixie or is that what Vesca Pisca 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 I like the pixie part. It sounded good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's basically a vessel. It's where the two ones are like you know they were like Points. this for a long time so there was like an old earth and then in the middle was kind of like the last couple of years and then there's mm. this over here and I feel like we're kind of now coming into this part where we're... There's still this little overlap part with the yep. two. A little bit, two yeah. Distant, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm mm. hearing what you're saying. It's like... It's like there's a, an underlying excitement that I can feel sometimes. Yes. Like sitting here talking to you too. It's like yes. I, I get that, like the goosebumps kind of like... Yeah. But then other days sometimes I feel like, oh, my gosh, like everything yes. feels quite heavy, but knowing yeah. that that's all part of the shift, right? It's, Absolutely. It's the days here at this time. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important to like um be able to embrace those days and not mm. kind of give up because it's almost like a little yeah. bit of a grieving process isn't it mm. yeah. yeah and I'm sure just excited is. that it's you're um, yeah yeah to um I mean I'm excited about all those women and babies that get to be in your company yeah. and have you as a part of how their little beings come into this world oh they're just magic right yeah. they, they are they are pure magic and if we can give them a more gentle landing then it's better for the earth right like they're the, oh. the change bringers yeah. <laughs> like, it, it makes it makes such a difference like your, your birth experience it, it does matter you know it does matter and these little beings coming through like if we yeah. can give them the best best landing possible then that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel sad because I had for my first boy who just turned 25 last week, um, it wasn't a nice experience at all. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. There was a lot of goals. I feel sad for yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't um, as beautiful as I would like it to be now. But Yeah. Listen. Yeah, I hear you. I yeah, hear this you. is why people like Brownie is so yeah. important because it's not just the pregnancy and the birthing, it's afterwards, isn't it? Because Absolutely. You know, 
yeah, we always so we each of us have our journey that we need to have as well, like to be oh, who absolutely. we need to be in the world. So yeah. there's, you know, it's it's beautiful to acknowledge the grief that's there, but it's also yeah. the shaping of, of that little spirit and what he's. Oh my god! Here on, on yeah, he's amazing. He's not little. He's a big spirit. <laughs> that's kind of the whole reason why I was like, <laughs> mm. he's an incredible soul. Yeah. But also yeah. being able to to speak that and to yeah. hear and to listen, like that's important because it does matter. Like it matters. Yeah. It's not just like oh well, it doesn't matter. You just got a healthy baby. It's fine. Move on. It's like your experience matters. Yeah, you know? and, and it's important to talk. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's another. Mm. You know, like I, I, we've all been through so much, and we're all growing and evolving very quickly. Mm. Mm. But there's parts I think like this that I go, well, that was 25 years ago. You know, it's like yesterday. It's I'm yeah. fine. There's worse. There's worse people off, or you know, mm. it's like. But no, I freaking had a, you know, I had an amazing pregnancy, but my birth was like mm. crazy. And I just literally, I went into hospital, had a horrible birth, and I left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a baby. With a baby. Yeah. You did you take know? the baby home. Yeah. yeah. There was no- and that's, that's a hard start to motherhood, right, when yeah. you've, you've got that experience and then you've got to just go straight into mothering a little person. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, so um, I, I'm feeling now, 25 years later, <laughs> how amazing it would have been to have somebody yeah. there say, you know, oh, how are you going? You know, how's yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, the midwife that I had, we're going to go into sessions for my second birth, she had, had nine children herself wow. and birthed the last two that she had by herself. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because yeah. uh I don't think physically she was in a location where she could access anyone, but she just decided that she knew what mm. to do, so she would go with that. It's yep. And, you know, there's yep. it's, it's so many gifts in yeah. what you share, I think, that just go beyond. Um, oh, the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about when you said, look, I'm not um, trained or I'm not uh, what do you call it? Medical. I don't Medically know. trained. Yeah. Medically yeah. trained. I'm thinking mm. I would prefer to have you in the room solely yeah. with yep. the space that you hold and me give birth than have 25 medically trained people around me. I think the whole experience, and I'm not, there's nothing against all of that because I'm for that, for that, for somebody that may need that experience. But mm-hmm. it's like you don't need mm. to be medically trained to be able to do that. My opinion, yeah, yes, and that's, that's the thing. I think, yeah. Well, well, birth has become so overly medicalized that yeah. of course, sometimes medical stuff is needed. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's like it's it's flipped the whole other way that every yeah. woman needs medical support and stuff. Even when everything's perfectly fine, she's healthy. Yeah. There's everything. Like that's the thing. I think is yeah. it's we've swung too much in too the opposite much. direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think of all those tribes and all that years yeah. and years ago that were just giving birth. Yeah, you know. and and then on it's big business, right? There's a lot of yeah. money in birth. Yeah, a lot of money yeah. in epidurals and everything else too. So anyway, oh, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dark hole there. Yeah, we're not going there today. I think, I think the missing link is the actually the like what you do, Brianna, is like the communication mm. and, on a mental, emotional, and physical level. Yeah, so that the journey is holistically supported. Yes, and then the woman is in her true seat of power. And there, and whether you need um, support medically or not through the mm. experience, it still remains a holistic process. Yeah, and it's and how you're made to feel and how you're treated is so yeah. important. Yeah, so yeah. important. And it's not just about the physical birth of a baby, right? It's so much more than that. 
it's so much more than that yeah it's life force and when you're holding the space as a birth keeper or a doula or whatever Mm. you're having that deeper awareness of and you're you're holding that space for the woman like you're not you know it's not just about the physical birth it's it's about her and her spirit and yeah and supporting that and holding her and seeing her yeah it makes so much difference and so you mentioned beautiful. before about the red line, how like that whole thread that comes through yeah. the lineage of, of matriarchy. Mm. I mean, it's an honor, it's an honoring system as well, too, isn't it? Of those who have been before and those who are yeah. yet to come. Wow. Yeah. Sure it's important. It's important stuff. It sure yeah. is. Mm. Oh, uh, it's been so beautiful speaking. I feel with like you. I want to have yeah, a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so oh, much no. magic. So funny. Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with us, just like around where you're sitting in, in, in your space and what you do and what you wish? Oh, look, okay. not really. Just not like I'm just so grateful to have, you know, podcasts like yours so that women can show up and be authentic as they are and other women yeah. can listen and connect in and, and feel connected and, and to not feel alone, I suppose, if they're thinking a little yeah. bit or feeling a little bit differently to the mainstream. It's beautiful to have this as an option for women to yeah connect in and yeah. hear other people's stories it's beautiful yeah thank you for sharing your story yeah yeah okay see thank you, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i see you too thank you for having me thanks for coming on and we'll pop um your insta handle on the bottom of this um podcast yes and any other info that we have will pop on there as well but thank you so much for sharing thank um, you. Who you are and what you do and your awakening journey with us Thank you both. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember, all links to our guests are in the notes. Leave us a comment here or message us on Instagram how our guests today connected with you or perhaps something you wish to share. A special thank you to the blissful Ksenia Luki for our theme song. Joe and I will be with you next week. Bye. Ciao. She's singing Her voice sways like a hummingbird Flies like a shooting star She whispers you were never born So you will never